very good Friday. Welcome to this edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Coming up in the show here today, we'll bring you feature agricultural news reports, and then we'll check in with national and regional agricultural news headlines as well. And we get started with regional agricultural news right after this. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. New federal funding is on the way aimed at helping farmers by bolstering California's pest prevention measures. USA Undersecretary Jenny Moffitt was in Stockton recently, announcing the new $18 million in funds. She met with local leaders and local agricultural producers to talk about how the funding will go to programs that detect new pests and prevent them from making California home. Some of the programs slated to receive money from the allocation include pest detector dog teams that are able to sniff out non-native invasive pests and packages, and exotic fruit fly trapping programs. In 2020, California agricultural exports generated more than $20 billion, she says. The state is a leader in U.S. agricultural production, and protecting that industry is essential to maintaining a strong national agricultural economy, according to Moffitt. California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross served as the keynote speaker for the Sonoma County Grape Growers Foundation 2023 Leadership Academy. Secretary Ross provided an overview of California agriculture and how important a high-quality workforce is for the industry and community. The academy is for farm workers and was established a year ago. Secretary Ross spoke at the opening session and hosted participants at CDFA for their final class in the fall of 2022. The Arizona and California desert region recently experienced strong winds and morning temperatures dipping into the low to mid-30s, causing widespread lettuce ice to form. Greenleaf, iceberg, and romaine supplies are plentiful in the Arizona-California desert-growing regions. Mark on first crop premium greenleaf is readily available out of the Arizona-California desert-growing region. MFC premium iceberg and romaine are being packed regularly. Mark on best available is being substituted as needed due to light case weights. Quality is very good. Epidermal blister, fringe burn, and growth crack have been found in some lots, and markets are expected to remain fairly steady at low levels over the next two to three weeks. Braga Fresh is promoting Colby Pierriotta, Chief Operating Officer, making her the first person to hold that title as the company enters its 95th year in business. Pierriotta joined Braga Fresh in 2020 as Vice President of Operations. In addition to managing the farming, harvesting, shipping, and processing operations, she also led the COVID response team. The executive change comes as the company expanded its value-added capabilities in recent years with the Josie's Organics brand. Today, the company has more than 1,600 employees, a large organic and conventional land base, two processing facilities, and four shipping locations. As COO, she will be responsible for driving strategic initiatives to continue the company's growth. Braga Fresh started in 1928 in Soldad, California. 
Following the recent rains that have fallen across California, lemon supplies have become tighter and storage levels are dropping. However, including what is on the tree, supply is good, according to John Carter of Lemonera. He says it's prominently coming from District 1, followed by District 3, which is coming to an end quickly, and District 2 is beginning. Compared to last year at this time, D3 is similar in tree crop. D1 and D2 had big volume last year, with D1 forecasting to be down compared to last year by 10 to 15%, and D2 forecasted to be down by 5%. He says, of course, this estimate is fluid given the rains and likely increase in sizing. Other global regions producing right now include Spain, Turkey, Italy, and China. Meanwhile, demand has been solid, though Carter says there have been slowdowns here and there, depending on weather occurring across the U.S. and Canada. He says that he expects to see the usual retail focus during winter as citrus takes more of the merchandising spotlight. Food service has been steady, and he expects demand to move higher as we get into spring with warmer weather and Lent beginning. In turn, pricing has been increasing compared to a few weeks ago as those storage levels started coming down. However, Carter says pricing is similar overall to last year at this time, though challenges on pricing include both the continued higher costs on production along with a strong dollar impacting the exchange rate for export shipments. From Ventura County in Southern California, north through the San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara counties to Monterey and Santa Cruz counties, the onslaught of rain, wind, and floods are approaching $200 million in potential damages to California's strawberry farms. While the majority of family farmers are currently cleaning up minor storm damage, some farms have experienced catastrophic conditions. Erosion has washed away an estimated 350 acres. While the majority of family farms are currently cleaning up minor storm damage, some farms have experienced catastrophic conditions. Erosion has washed away an estimated 350 acres. Another 1,490 acres are waiting for floodwaters to recede. In total, 1,840 acres face catastrophic losses that could reach $200 million from crop, property, and equipment damage. The farms at risk for catastrophic losses are as follows. Santa Cruz and Monterey counties at 573 acres. Monterey County and the Salinas River at 467 acres. Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo counties at 500 acres and Ventura County at 300 acres. While the economic impact is significant, most strawberry farmers experienced minor storm damage. They were fortunate that these storms came at a time when most farms are dormant and thus farm worker jobs have had minimum impact, according to Rick Tomlinson, California Strawberry Commission president. He said they are thankful to the farm workers who have come back to work to help with the recovery. For the majority of the 31,852 strawberry acres in California that experienced minimal damage, the rain is a welcome change from the drought. The damage estimates are preliminary and all farmers have been asked to report damage directly to each county. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast net magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. 
A dwindling Colorado river supply and rising fertilizer prices were the motivation behind Ali Montazar applying for a CDFA Fertilizer Research and Education Program grant, a UC Cooperative Extension Irrigation and Water Management Advisor for Imperial, Riverside, and San Diego counties. Montazar proposed developing tools and information for irrigation and nitrogen BMPs in lower desert lettuce production. He was successful and was one of three grant recipients during the latest round of funding announced recently. Montazar's project will receive $224,921. He said this type of study is needed because most of the nitrogen and irrigation research for lettuce has been conducted in the Salinas Valley, and the desert production areas are different. We have a very intensive production of lettuce uh, in the desert that needs uh, high inputs of fertilizer and irrigation water. So on the other hand, you know, we know about Colorado River water status, about water quality regulation, and specifically about the spikes in fertilizer prices that uh, have promoted growers' interest in increasing water and nitrogen use efficiency in the recent uh, years. We have a various production system for lettuce in the desert, different type of lettuces, time of planting, irrigation practices, and storage types. And our growers commonly use a standard water and fertilization programs with a very little field-specific modifications. We need to be realistic on this. I think it's not easy for growers to modify their current irrigation and fertilizer management practices without a sound understanding of the interaction of these factors, science-based tools, and information developed in the region. And most of the studies on lettuce were conducted in the Salinas Valley. The location is different from what we have in the desert production system. We found more research on this issue is required uh, to free or farm manager and growers of the worry of associated with uh, uh, being short on the amount of uh, water and fertilizer, potentially causing a loss for the profitability. We initiated last year a small project funded by the California Leafy Greens Research Board to develop some preliminary information for this study. And I'm, I'm very pleased uh, this year CDFA funded the project to continue. How much water and fertilizer is used by desert lettuce producers is hard to peg and varies with soil type and lettuce type. Montazar said sprinkler irrigation is common for leaf lettuce producers, while furrow irrigation is still used frequently by growers of iceberg and romaine lettuce. Even the time of year when growers plant lettuce can influence nitrogen needs. In, in the desert, it's very interesting. You know, we don't have these uh, huge, uh, you know, variabilities. So we have, you know, different uh, soil type and different lettuces. Or growers use different irrigation systems for different commodities. You know, for example, sprinkler irrigation is, is very common for leaf lettuce. Uh, we still have water irrigation for iceberg and also uh, Roman lettuces. So our growers apply different amount of water and fertilizer depending on the planting time. Last year, I found if you plant Roman lettuce, for example, in, in late September, so the irrigation and nitrogen management is entirely different if you plant it in late December. So what our growers, they need to do, you know, we need to develop this information, really how much uh, nitrogen a crop needs if you plant it in the late uh, September or if you plant it in, in mid-November or any time for different soil type, different time of planting. 
uh, this is, you know, what they do based on their uh, their evaluation and some standard uh, numbers they have for different irrigation system for different soil type. Uh, but we never, you know, develop information really on site specific based on the, the new practices they have. You know, our growers have 40 inch bed and 80 inch bed, you know, lettuce. And sometimes they do the same, you know, management for both or for different, you know, type of lettuce we have. So my point is there are very variable management because the, the, because the cropping system uh, is very variable for, for the lettuce uh, cropping. Montazar began his trials in mid-November at the Desert Research and Education Center in Holtville, as well as in four growers' fields in the Imperial and Coachella Valleys. He said he wanted to have trials in both regions because of variations in production practices and soils. The trials in Holtville will involve lettuce on 40- and 80-inch beds irrigated with drip irrigation. In the commercial fields, he will compare drip irrigation to furrow irrigation for different types of lettuces. Montazar said he will also use crop manage as part of his research. The online decision support tool from UCANR helps optimize nitrogen and irrigation rates while maintaining or even improving yields. Montazar said he chose to look at irrigation and fertility together because of their close relationship. They have, you know, very close interaction. Sometimes, you know, we don't need to apply if we ha- we are we have a very efficient irrigation system. We don't need to apply that amount or high amount of fertilizer if we do a good irrigation scheduling. If we have a good and, and efficient irrigation management and system. But sometimes, you know, if you don't have uniform irrigation or, uh, or you know, the efficiency of irrigation system is low, sometimes we really need to apply uh, fertilizer. Sometimes if we have sandy soil, you know, because of the not appropriate irrigation management, we are losing in sandy soil a lot of fertilizer, specifically nitrogen and nitrate. My point, they have very close relationships. They affect each other and specifically uh, with the sandy soils, you know, we have uh, some area in, in the desert, specifically in the Coachella Valley. The results of this project will not only help desert lettuce producers potentially save on irrigation and costly fertilizer, it also could benefit the environment and dwindling Colorado River supplies. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bee's pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Bee Hero, superior bees, superior pollination. United Natural Foods Incorporated announced plans to host approximately 4,000 customers, suppliers, vendors, and emerging brands at its spring and summer show taking place February 7th and 8th in Orlando, Florida. The show, which kicks off the first of UNFI's four major selling shows in 2023, provides attendees the opportunity to meet with experts across the natural GM, HBC, meat, seafood, produce, and bakery and deli departments to take advantage of unique deals, view what's trending in the new product showcase, and network with a community of industry experts. For more information on the upcoming show, log on to unfi.com. 
The USDA and the Department of Health and Human Services announced the appointment of 20 nationally recognized scientists to serve on the 2025 Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. The committee will review the current body of science on key nutrition topics and develop a scientific report that includes its independent assessment of the evidence and recommendations for USDA and HHS as they develop the dietary guidelines for Americans. The dietary guidelines serve as the foundation for national nutrition programs, standards, and education. In addition, provide health professionals with guidance and resources to assist the public in choosing an overall healthy diet that works for them. Diet-related diseases are on the rise across all age groups, and we must rise to the challenge by providing nutrition guidance that people from all walks of life can tailor to meet their needs. That according to USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. He says this will help Americans achieve better nutritional habits. America's dairy producers and processors are closely watching discussions about the next farm bill and looking for reforms to the federal milk marketing orders. Cobank says the industry feels that current orders don't reflect today's market environment and the consequences could be drastic. Make allowances are an impossible part of the orders that haven't been updated since 2008 and were based on data as far back as 2006. Make allowances estimate dairy processors' costs of converting milk into dairy products. Many of those production costs, including labor and energy have risen dramatically since make allowances were updated 15 years ago. While the current make allowances have stayed the same since 2008, prices for industrial power rose 64% and labor costs in dairy manufacturing climbed 48%. While industrial natural gas prices have fallen 11%, they've been highly volatile during that time. Failing to update them could hinder future dairy industry growth. U.S. ag product sales to China are continuing to grow. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. The date, January 15, 2020. The place, the White House, the occasion. The agreement tears down major market barriers for U.S. food and agricultural exports. The U.S. and China signing the Phase 1 Ag Trade Agreement, committing China to buy historically large amounts of U.S. ag products. That agreement ended at the end of 2021, but since then with no agreement. The value of Chinese purchases has continued to climb. USDA economist Bart Kenner says during the first 11 months of last year, Chinese purchases totaled $33.7 billion, and that's a 15% increase over the same time in 2021. Many U.S. products seeing big increases. Soybean exports to China, $14.8 billion. That's up 25% over last year. Sorghum was up 16%. Beef and veal up 38%. And to get this, U.S. cotton exports to China are running 137% above 2021. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. CNH Industrial has announced that it has joined other investors in a $27.6 million Serie B funding round of innovative tech startup Earth Optics. Earth Optics is a soil data measurement and mapping company. It is developing technologies that create accurate real-time data maps, including compaction, carbon, moisture, and nutrients, to give operators new soil health and soil structure intelligence about their farms, data that may help farmers make informed decisions about when and where to till and to accurately map soil Carbon. Earth Optics promises high-precision data about the condition of fields with fewer soil samples and less disruption to growing operations at a significantly lower cost, according to a press release. CNH believes its investment will allow its Case IH brand to accelerate its development of autonomous tillage systems that both reduce inputs and help farmers implement practices that directly impact soil carbon levels. 
Through the pandemic, U.S. dairy exports are achieving records. William Locks, Vice President of Global Economic Affairs at the U.S. Dairy Export Council, explains. In many ways, it has been very good for U.S. dairy, frankly, to have that export market. We've had plenty of challenges here, obviously, with COVID-19, uncertain economic environment, but exports really came through. We are now going on three straight record years for dairy exports in volume and two straight record years in value overall. And a lot of that has to do with the investments that we've made really over the past, not just couple years, but over the past decades that we've invested in the export market to be able to maneuver and change as market conditions change to be able to move more dairy products overseas and help U.S. dairy farmers. He says U.S. dairy exports are helping to fill voids created by other markets. This past year, U.S. dairy exports are looking to be up 4%. We're waiting on one month of data, but basically the U.S. is going to have a record year for volume. And at that same token, Europe contracted by roughly the exact same amount that the U.S. grew. So fundamentally, the U.S. grew more than the rest of the world combined. New Zealand was down, Europe was down. Some of those secondary producers like Australia, Argentina were lackluster if they grew at all. And so really the world right now, I think, is looking to the U.S. to be that market of growth for global demand of dairy. Locks details how the U.S. dairy industry can continue to grow in terms of exports. It's going to be across the country, but really we've got to make investments both in plant facilities in order to make sure that we have the products that international consumers want. We're making the right specifications. We're making the right investments in high value products that we're not just moving commodities anymore. Uh, We are a diversified supplier to that global market and our customers want a diversified supply. But a lot of it also has to do with access, making sure that we've got the right uh, policies in place in order to put us on equal footing with our very entrenched and well-established competitors in Oceania and in Europe, and also making sure that we have a strong shipping uh, reliability basis here. William Locks, Vice President of Global Economic Affairs at the U.S. Dairy Exports Council. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 